Hey, Goldcast Nation. If you follow us on Apple Podcasts, you might have noticed that a couple episodes from last week randomly populated today or yesterday on Monday, uh, two episodes back-to-back that were clearly recorded last week. We are, in all honesty, juggling a lot of new technology, and we realized that our Apple Podcast listeners had not received last week's episodes so uh, bear with us. We put them out so that you had them. Uh, today's episode that you're about to hear, this is the most current up-to-date one, and there should be no further issues with our podcasts. Everything should be all going out at once to every single platform. Um, if you have not already done so, go check out the YouTube video. You guys have got to see the video version of this podcast. One of our most diehard fans, Mr. Irish Schneider fan, Mark Thornton, who you've heard many times, you've heard, you know, he's, he's contributed, he's talked to us a ton. He reached out to us and said, the YouTube version is now my favorite version. Now this is, this is how I prefer to watch it. Go see it. It's, it's full video. We've talked about doing this for years. It is finally here and uh, it's a work in progress. I mean, honestly, if you've followed it over the last month, it just is getting better and better and we have a lot more stuff coming on the video. We are far from done, but go check it out. Follow us on YouTube. Go to youtube.com slash the gold cast and follow us there and check out the video version of this podcast. It's it's live and direct. You can see me, Ray, Louis B, the entire episode that we figured out, uh, that we shot. So uh, once again, for our Apple Podcast listeners, we're sorry these those Monday last week's episodes came out a little late. Uh, there we didn't actually realize that was happening. Like I said, there's a, just a lot of new technology here, and uh, we're really trying to up our game here in 2020. The uh, we really want to push the gold cast into the 21st century, and uh, really, really take take things to the next level. And this is just the beginning. So again, our apologies to Apple Podcast listeners, and if you have not, everybody needs to go on to youtube.com slash the gold cast and subscribe to our video podcast it is this episode but visually uh visually it's being presented visually you have to go see it it is super dope in my humble opinion so check it out and uh here is the latest episode for uh this week we recorded this on monday september 7th all right guys uh check it out Today's episode of the Gold Cast is sponsored by the return of our boy, one of our favorite friends, one of our favorite guest hosts of the Gold Cast. Our boy Louis B is in the building to talk 49ers Rams. Oh man, we already sent the article out. We hope you ever you checked it out. If you haven't checked it out, pause this video. Read his article and then go back. It's in the description of, of last week's episode and it'll be in the description of this week's episode about why if you're a Rams fan, you shouldn't be worried about their season and why if you're a 49ers fan, you shouldn't be worried about their season. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Damn it. here it is. Uh, but before we get started, Raymond, why don't you let them know where can they find us? You can always like us on Facebook.com slash The Goldcast, and you can follow us on Twitter at The underscore Goldcast, and be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, 
uh, YouTube, Stitcher, Spotify, everywhere that podcasts exist. Go ahead and subscribe and leave a comment up on the YouTube section because you'll certainly like to hear from me and certainly want to get your take on today's episode. It's a, it's a rivalry episode. It's a rivalry episode, yes. Let's hear that rivalry. Come best. out, Rams fans. Represent. <laughs> uh, Raymond, where can they find you? You can find me on the handles written right there at the bottom of my uh, screen. That is at Ray Solis on Twitter and at Ray Solis one on Instagram. Absolutely. And you can find me on at I am Rudy three RD on both Instagram and Twitter. And Louie, where can they find you? Uh, find me at actually Louie B on uh, IG and Twitter. All right. There we go. Okay, gang. This is going to be a 49ers rams centric episode as we pretty much do every year we bring louis on at some point to talk 49ers rams it's what we do uh it's awesome though this is obviously the first time louis is going to be on now that we've flipped to video on youtube so very exciting excellent episode he uh he's a lot more handsome than that gruff voice suggests <laughs> thank you thank you i appreciate it yeah i'm sure they're like oh this isn't like a giant monster of a of a man with like a huge beard or something <laughs> yeah you're not all quarantined out <laughs> yeah 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 i got cleaned up i'm i'm loving it i'm loving the cleanup i got there we go <laughs> necessary <laughs> absolutely all right the greatest fanalist in the game he's in the building your professor of fanalism he's here our la co-host is here let's go san francisco are you ready this is the gold cast <laughs> Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Solis III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Solis I, baby. And our L.A. co-host, Louis B. Yes! <laughs> Gentlemen, it is here. We said this off-air, and I'm going to say on-air. I cannot believe that football's back. It literally... Feels like the season just ended about three weeks ago, and and like like literally, I was I was gonna say about three weeks ago and about two years ago, but I'm like, no, that's not true. It just feels like it's been three weeks. It literally feels like I don't know. We because of the quarantine and everything that happened, it was like we blinked and now it's just back. And I want to start with you, Louis. Let's let's turn to you first. How do you feel that? I mean, can you even process the fact that football's back? It's here again. I literally can't. I mean, that's what we were talking about off off, uh, off camera. And it's like, it's insane that literally we're, we're three days away from the season opener. It doesn't feel real. It's like such a surreal thing because like you said, like the quarantine felt like, like it was either, you know, five months or like three years. It's no way of telling. It was like just in limbo. But like, yeah, I, I feel like we, cause we didn't get really a full training camp that we're used to getting. We didn't really get OTAs. We didn't really, we didn't get any preseason. So like, I think that we're not used to the NFL season just appearing. And I think that's what is drawing this like surprise. And it's, it's insane. I'm like beyond pumped, obviously, but it doesn't feel real. It's crazy. Absolutely not. How about you, Raymond? What, how are you, do you feel the same way? What does it, does it feel like the season was just three weeks ago or are you like, no, man, this has felt like the longest stretch of all time between these I, seasons. I think cause I was so preoccupied with COVID and what was going to happen and how that was going to affect our lives that I felt that it took forever to get back to here. And 
I know that it was in question early on, but then I felt like, you know, oh, well, you know, it's March, you know, it's already the off season. So by the time we get to August, it should be fine. You know, all this should be blown over, but no, still locked down. You know, the state still, you know, we are, we have taken some cities off the watch list. Thankfully, San Francisco's off the uh, COVID watch list. So good job, San Francisco. But at the same time, uh, I think there was a lot of concern as to whether this was going to happen or not. But I, I kind of had my faith. I had a lot of faith in the NFL because I, I thought that they, of all the sports that were happening, they were the ones that were already in the middle of an offseason when this whole thing started. Whereas baseball just was get, was like one month away from opening day. Basketball was in the middle of the latter half of the season. So they had a lot more hurdles to overcome, whereas the NFL had like, you know, six months to prepare for this whole for what contingencies they were going to put in place and what protocols they were going to give all the teams and what what also what all the, what all the teams were going to put in terms of protocol too for themselves in addition to what the NFL was doing for them. So um, it, it kind of took a while for me. So I, I wish I had your guys' perspective because I was like, God damn, this is taking forever. Can we just get to the kickoff already? So thank thank God. Three more days. <laughs> Three more days, and it is here. Pretty exciting stuff. So, Louis, let's talk about your article. You are a contributor, and let's talk about the website that you're a part of. I'm going to let you do all the all the selling on it. The website that you're a part of and what how exactly you got into this situation of you know releasing this article, which I thought was a great article, by the way. It really was, genuinely. Yes, good read. Thanks, man. Thank you guys. Yeah, I really appreciate that, man. It was the first crack at it writing anything like sports related. Um, you know, obviously Rudy and Ray, I know you guys like I'm an actor writer out here like Rudy is. And so I've only ever written like scripts and stuff. So it was cool to kind of change it up and write about something that I'm also really passionate about. Um, and yeah, these guys, it's called Downtown Rams. Uh, DowntownRams.com is their website. You can follow them on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I just started following them on Twitter maybe last season probably like we just follow each other just this is like random rams news and stuff i thought they were pretty cool guys and uh and then sure enough one day on twitter they're just kind of reaching out to their following looking for people to write about the rams so i was like look man i i got i got nothing else going on right now dude that's what i told rudy i was like i'm not doing anything so yeah might as well let's just take a crack so i wrote a sample which was basically like pretty much the article you read was like pretty much the sample I wrote for them, sent it in. And then, uh, yeah, they said they want to bring me on. So that first one I did, I just ended up using that article. I've been, I've been talking about this all off season about like, I was talking with Rudy about it. Like I just didn't understand the disrespect the Rams were getting this off season. Like a lot of people have them projected to win like six games and it's like blowing my mind because I, I literally don't get it. And yes, I have a lot of biases. So for sure I might be blinded by that, but like, all offseason I've been making this argument that like we're not as bad as people think. We're, we we definitely are not going to take it that big of a step back, barring like an insane injury to Goff or something. So I was already having these thoughts, and then when that article, when that opportunity came up, I was like, I'm going to put it on paper and then like get some stats to back it up and get some things to actually back up this argument. Um, so it worked out, man. I'm, I'm happy you guys liked it. I'm happy that you guys are, are plugging it too. I appreciate that. That's awesome. So you know, I think. One of the most compelling cases that you brought up that I do think I do think is worthy of note is the fact that the you if you don't miss that kick against the Seahawks, that one kick, you guys are right there in the wild card spot. And it did feel like you had found your rhythm again at the end of the season there, you know, and it so it did feel like that. And that is, I think, the one opportunity, the one thing that you, you we all share in common is this frustration 
with the Seahawks able to just pull these wins out of their asses every single year. And even though the team itself isn't nearly as complete as the Legion of Boom era from the, from uh, last decade uh, uh, between, you know, 12, 13, and 14, and even 2015 a little bit, this team has managed to just somehow over the years constantly be in the mix and mainly because of Russell Wilson you know it it kind of similar to what we saw on the Patrick Mahomes run last year during the during the playoffs right where that team that is a classic Andy Reid team and if anyone else is quarterback it, in any three any one of those games that they played the Chiefs completely botch it and and they and they they lose the Super Bowl AFC Championship Divisional round. Every one of those games was a classic Andy Reid game where for some reason they're completely underperforming and they and they're and you're about to see them shoot themselves in the foot again. But but Patrick Mahomes single-handedly pulls that team out of the depths of loss all three games. And Russell Wilson has that same ability with the Seahawks. He just pulls these wins out. And it's a testament to how great of a quarterback he is. It's a testament to how just his skill set, his level of confidence, staying calm and cool under pressure, and this team somehow just pulls wins out of their asses. I think that's a really important thing, Louise. That if you if you don't miss that one, you're ten and six, and you're you're in the second. You know, you're the set, you're the wild card in the playoffs, and that I I can't argue with that on you because I I I also had a team that lost a kick. We would have swept the Seahawks had we just made one kick we would have beat the seahawks we would have swept them yes we share so your pain in that regard we definitely share yeah, your pain exactly. in that regard um exactly that's a big one what do you think though about the level of the defense it does feel like it seems like you've upgraded at o-line which is a, which is a big big point in your article in your article and i mean i i had the same argument in 2014 with caps last year as starter and harbaugh's last year the o-line was completely decimated we had, we had the most injuries in all of the NFL, and everyone's like, oh, well, you know, Harbaugh's slipping and cap slipping. And it's like, well, no, I mean, there were, you know, they, they, there may have been some uh, some issues with trying to get cap to do things that he wasn't really within his skill set. But that O-line, he was the most sacked quarterback that year. And I, that was my argument the whole time was that the O-line, the decimation of the O-line was the number one reason I thought cap really regressed. And you kind of have the same argument here with Jared Goff. Um, so out, aside from the O-line being upgraded, though, how do you feel about the defense? We do have Aaron Donald there, but it does feel like there's definitely taken a step back. We have a brand-new defensive coordinator. I know there's been some good things that have been said about him, but that defense has lost a lot of big players. Let's, let's address the defense. Where, how do you feel the defense is going to maintain any consistency, or do you agree that the defense has taken a step back. Yeah, I think I, I like I talk about in the article too. Like I do, it's fair to say that the defense took. Um, I, I don't. I, I guess you could say a step back. I don't know how big of a step it would be because, um, like, at the end of the day, losing Corey Littleton, I think, is a really underrated loss that we had this offseason. A lot of people were talking about more like Dante Fowler and Marcus Peters, who we lost midseason last year, and thank God. I, Thank God, but uh, but but we got Michael Brockers back, which is huge. But losing Dante Fowler and Corey Littleton pretty much just like completely evaporated our entire linebacking core. So while I do think we still have an impressive secondary, I think John Johnson's a really again another underrated uh, uh, safety that we have. 
Taylor Rapp coming into his second year, who showed a lot of promises rookie year. So, and then of course Jalen Ramsey, who's arguably the best cornerback in the NFL. So, I I think our secondary is totally fine, and I think our front four is still just as fine with Aaron Donald. As long as you have Aaron Donald back, you have a good front four at the end of the day. And then we got Michael Brockers back. Uh, the 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 free agent signing uh, in the offseason to Baltimore fell through, which I was stoked about because that means he came back to the Rams. So it was awesome. So I think our front four, it's literally just that linebacking core. And we picked up Leonard Floyd from Chicago, who I think can be kind of like Dante Fowler-esque on the outside. He's a big physical freak, and he run, he's very fast, very physical. So I trust that. But, yeah, no, for sure. I think our linebacking core took a definite step back. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, it, it'll show up. But I think that's why, like, where I argue with it is, is, like, I, tr- I think I trust so much in our offense and in our secondary that I feel like I feel like we're gonna still be a competitive team because I think our offense still has a bunch of weapons. They're still great, and our secondary can at least hopefully shut down some of the passing attacks of uh, of, of some teams in the NFC. Yeah, I felt like you guys definitely misfired on the corner section. Even though you traded for some big corners, for some reason they just didn't play well. And then when Marcus Peters left, and he was back to Pro Bowl form, and you were able to kind of get some salvage from those moves by bringing in Jalen Ramsey, who's incredibly consistent and was able to kind of like say, Hey, you misfired on some, some pro corners for whatever reason. They just didn't, they weren't as consistent as they were prior to when they arrived in LA. And also after they left LA, it was kind of weird for some reason, they just didn't settle into LA very comfortably in that system. And I don't know why, because Wade Phillips actually runs a pretty simple system. There's nothing too complicated about it. Um, which is why it's 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 good, you know, kind of similar to Vic Fangio. Vic Fangio runs a really simple system uh, when he was with the Niners and when he left too, and it's really easy to follow. And and also uh, Robert Sala kind of runs uh, also a pretty simple system too. It's really straightforward, um, and it, it's just about pass rushing and allowing you know giving some extra time or get, taking away time, disrupting the timing of the quarterback and allowing your secondary to capitalize on that. But uh, but you, I think these guys stepped up big time with Jalen Ramsey. He's obviously going to be a beast this year. He's a beast every year. I have no quant, I have no doubt that he's going to perform. And I think that certainly shores things up on one side. And then the other side, you know, you, I think, I mean, you have faith in those guys. I don't know them as well as you do. So I think it's kind of a wait and see in my book. But I do think that uh, the linebacking thing was a big deal, as you pointed out in the article, because that's the middle of the field. That really exposes you for intermediate pass attempts. That exposes you in a tight end position if you start to if you start to uh, face some of those really good catching tight ends, like a Kittle, who's in our division. Um, so I, I think that um, that's going to be an issue. So we'll just have to see how that kind of works back into into proper form. But I think McVeigh did a really genius thing switching from 11 to 12 personnel, which you also cited in the in the article, too, because he had to do something. I mean, you guys are getting beat and exposed left and right. And I think the Niners um, in that first matchup really did um, some exposing there and really kind of put let you uh, put uh, basically put you guys on notice for the NFL. Like, hey, this is kind of how you how you work this outside of that first touchdown um, run that you guys had in the opening uh, kickoff, you guys weren't able to score again in that game. And it was like 20 to seven, I think, if I recall the score. So I think him making those late season adjustments, I think really helped. It kind of, it salvaged it. That's what led to the nine and seven record because you guys were fighting to get back in it. And yeah, uh, you know, when you look at it from this perspective, I think it's, uh, it is fair to say that you guys weren't that far behind and it was just a matter of injuries talent not working out the way it was expected to and just kind of trying to 
fixing stop the bleeding mid-season because you guys were bleeding mid-season and, and that's not an easy thing to do you know you're, you're, you're making mid-season adjustments it's not like the Niners where they just surged the whole time and you're just kind of riding this wave whereas like the, the Rams were kind of getting pounded by waves and trying to find their balance back on the board to use a surf analogy but but yeah I think um I'll be curious to see the linebackers really where I got my eyes because you did lose some guys there. And that's kind of where my focus is in terms of like how they're going to be effective on defense. Cause we know what Aaron Donald's going to bring. We know what Jalen Ramsey's going to bring, but we don't necessarily know how this new defensive coordinator is going to put all the other pieces together where Wade Phillips couldn't do, you know? So that's where I'm at. Yeah, 100%. And that's a super fair point too, that you brought up and like, and I agree, like in this division, especially like when you got, when you got to face people like George Kittle, um, when you have uh, uh, guys on, on, even on your guys' team, like Debo, someone like Debo, who when he comes back is a guy that runs all over the field. You never know where he's going to be. And when that whole middle of the field is not shored up and not great, it, it, it could be, yeah, it could be a, a definite issue for us for sure, man. And then uh, Greg Olson now is in Seattle, who I, th- I think has still has a little bit left. So it'll be interesting, man, for sure. I have a question for you, Louis. And here, see, here's the tough part as, as we're having these conversations and I'm thinking back to going, kind of going back to the two, the, the two losses to the Seahawks that both the Niners and the Rams had in almost identical fashions, right? Uh, missed field goals that yours, that was all it took. That missed field goal gave the ball back to Seattle. They were able to score, right? And, and, and if we don't miss that field goal, week 17 doesn't mean anything. There's literally, there's no point. We've already, we've already shored up the, uh, the number one seed. And you don't, you, you arguably in that one game, you arguably are one missed field goal away from getting into the playoffs this is the margin that exists in the nfc west that one missed field goal in one game could be the difference between a playoff berth and not the margin for error in the nfc west is so small so my question to you is where do you see the rams lining up by the end of this season where 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 do you, where, like what's the range do you see them competing for first and second do you can see see them competing for third and third and second obviously i'm, I'm not even going to bother with saying fourth because you're you're saying that you you don't believe they're going to be at the bottom of the barrel where do you see them lining up so uh and yeah and to that point too with the thing like you know and that's the thing i've always told you i hate saying that like in the NFL, it's it's such a crapshoot to be like, oh, like yo, we were if we had made if we had done this in week four and then done this in week seven, like you know, like you can give excuses for every every team in the NFL, but this one was just so glaring because it was literally one single field. We destroyed Seattle when they came to town uh, near the end of the season, like absolutely buried them. So had we ju- just that one field goal in week five, that puts us up the same record as Seattle, and then we would have had the tiebreaker because we be we had a better uh, division record. So that's why I bring that up because it is. It's like the one one time I can see in a recent season where it's like literally one one three point field goal was one field goal was just it. Um, but yeah, so on that note, for this year, I do see us kind of battling it out for that second seed in the NFC West, potentially second two three. It, it all depends, in my opinion, on how obviously Arizona looks with this whole new offense and they got with DeAndre Hopkins. And then of course, like I've made the argument, I, I know Niners fans probably don't want to hear it. But I've told Rudy about this. This decade, teams not named the Patriots that lose the Super Bowl 
tend to not fare well the next season. It, they pretty much, they either fall off a giant cliff, like IE the 2015 Panthers, you know, the 20, what was it, even, uh, I'm trying to think of the, the next one. I mean, the Eagles, the Eagles after they won, I mean, they didn't take a huge step off. They still went to the divisional, but most teams that lose the Super Bowl this decade do not even go back to the conference championship, let alone the Super Bowl. So it's a matter of what happens with SF. I mean, obviously, all, most, of their, most if not all their pieces are back. You guys still have a great team. So it's going to take a lot for you guys to fall back. But this is exactly what we were talking about the Rams last year. It was insane to think that the Rams coming off that Super Bowl loss weren't going to go 12 and four again or 11 and five. Like there was no reason to think that we'd go nine and seven. So I think that's something. So if the Niners do take a step back to 10 and six, 11 and five, which I think is where the Seahawks are going to be, which I think is where we could be as well. So I think it's going to be a battle for that number one seed in the NFC West, like always. So I, I can fight, see this huh? fighting. <clears throat> I think I, I think it's going to be a three or five. I think Arizona still is not at the point where they're going to have a ten win season. I see them as like an eight and eight, maybe nine and maybe nine and seven. Vegas has them at seven. Maybe. I think that is that. I mean, that's on paper, better. on paper, it looks like they could get there. It really depends on uh, Cliff Kingsbury's ability to kind of put it all together. Yeah, yeah, and their defense. I mean, that's the thing is no one, everyone's talking. You know, no one's talking about their defensive side. They're, I don't think they're, they they've added some free agency guys, but their defense is still not to the standard of like an SF or something that's going to push you to be a 10 win plus yeah. team. So yeah, I, do. I, I, think, I think they're, they're yeah, they're, they're going to be pesky on offense like they were last season. And, and, and uh, what's the name? Kyler Murray had a really good rookie season. He was really explosive, uh, tremendous running ability and mobile quarterbacks give, give the league a lot of trouble, especially those off off script quarterbacks, which is like, uh, you know, Jackson and and Murray are, are both kind of like that, where they do have some design plays, but most of the time it's off script, and that's always the hardest quarterback to deal with, that, that type of scrambler. Um, that's what made Steve Young so good. Yeah, well, and, that, and now we have two in the NFC West. I mean, now we got to deal with Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson. Like, that's, those guys are hard to defend. So, yeah, I do. I think they'll be scrappy for sure. I think they're going to win some more games than they did last year. But yeah, I, I I think the Rams are fighting for that that two spot, maybe the one that I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say we're going to win the NFC West. I'd say probably the two three spot, which in the NFC West, three teams could probably get into playoffs depending mm-hmm. on how you know how the rest of the NFC looks. Absolutely. Where where do you what do you think your final record is going to be? I also I will say this. I do agree with you. I think the hype train for Arizona's a a, a year early. I think that they still have about another year before we're really scared of Arizona. But are we ever really scared of Arizona? Who the hell are we kidding? I don't care about Arizona. Are we ever really scared of Arizona? Whatever. Great. You have an awesome you know, quarterback that's as tall as me. That's dope. And he's fun for fantasy. But um... anyway. Uh, so uh, where I, I think Arizona is probably still... Uh, I would say I would not be surprised if they end up the four seed. I know Arizona fans. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I can't tell you how many Arizona fans tell me to go. Oh, man, I think I think we got this in the bag. I'm like, what? In You're the just going to leapfrog like all three of these teams, like these stacked, fully realized teams. You're just going to just. You're just going to. You like I, I think after seeing what San Francisco did last year, they're just assuming that they're going to do it this year. And I'm like, man, that's a that's a lot of dead bodies. That yeah, you're you have, have to, to love the, the combination of um, of confirmation bias with uh, 
with uh, when it comes to sports, uh, optimism and confirmation bias come together in sports. It's always like like the Raiders; they think they're going to the Super Bowl every year. A lot of those fans say that. So Cowboys think so fun. every year yes, too. Yes, Cowboys every year, baby. Every year we're going, we're going. Yeah. Gotta love that. Cowboys, <laughs> love Cowboys that and Raiders level of optimism is incredible. It's unreal. It's unreal. They always have the hypest fans for no reason. Yeah, it's like big, no big swinging dick with like a micro penis. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Uh, Sorry so to yeah, all the so, children so to listening answer, to the gold cast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, mom. Uh, so to answer to answer your question, yeah, I think uh, I think I think the Rams. My prediction would probably be ten and six. Ten and six. I would say eleven and five. I I, I do have to look fully through the schedule. I know I've seen it a few times. I know we play some some pretty good teams. We do play Tampa. We play uh, Philly. We got some. We have some. We have some good teams on on deck. That we've got to play, especially in, in, in the NFC West in general. I mean, that's six games against some of the best teams in the NFL. Um, but yeah, I think I think I think ten and six is a is a very good guess for us. I wrote it in the article, but like Sean McVay's worst season as a head coach was last year. We went nine and seven. Like he's never not had a winning season as a head coach. So like the idea that for some reason this year he's going to go seven and nine or six and ten is like it's beyond me. Yeah, yeah. yeah you got to consider you got to consider the variables. As someone who is stat driven like myself, you know I have to look at like what have they done to patch things up? What have they done to fix the areas where they had leaks? Um, so they, they believe to have done that on the defensive coordinator side. They are uh, filling in the void that Dante Fowler and Corey Littleton left. And they are adding some depth there to give Aaron Donald some, some additional support there because you can't just be you can't just have a line with like one JJ Watt esque player there because then he's just gonna get double team like crazy. Although to be fair, Aaron Donald's good enough to beat double teams. But at the same time, if you put someone else there that's uh, almost half as even half as good as him, then you're going to free up to get him some one on one matchups. And that's where Aaron Donald's really going to shine. So um, so they are it looks like they are making an effort to do that. And I didn't know that before this article. So this article is giving me I'm sounding like a like a Rams expert right now. That's only because Louis B has enlightened me with all of this insight from this article. <laughs> So it sounds like they're they're Thank they're you. on Thank their way. So you. I think um I think they're going to be competitive. To me, Arizona's really the on the bottom of the totem pole here in the NFC West. That's going to be having the toughest battle, uphill battle out of all these teams. I don't know if you guys agree, but that's kind of where I see it. I think you guys have already alluded to that. Well, yeah, and 100%. and and who securely has the one seed, I think is. Uh, the red and gold baby. I think that the the, the road 49ers. the road to the NFC West is is comes through San Francisco. Through us. And you know you did I did enjoy how you did conveniently miss that there is one team that lost the Super Bowl went back to the NFC Championship and that was this team right here. <laughs> this team right here. So I am not afraid. You know what? You know Louis, what? We're always in the Fair. NFC Championship, Fair. Louis. I'm not afraid of that game. I'm not afraid to get there. Most appearances, right? I'm afraid of the game. Yeah. We've been there four times in the last 10 years. Four times for those playing at home. Four times. Four out of 10. Four out of 10. That's one crazy. team. Just for those playing at home. Uh, I have no doubt. That's crazy, man. I, I, I think, Louie, I think, you know, uh, we were, looked this up and I can't even remember. I can't believe I'm drawing a blank. Raymond, we did look this up. Has any, Louie, maybe you know this offhand. Has any team ever lost the Super Bowl and then won it the following Ooh. year? I can't. I think the, pa- the I, it was the it was the it was the Pats. The Pats, the the Pats, Pats did lost. one. I think it was the Pats and they Miami did. Philly. Miami did in like the seventies. I think it's either oh. two or three teams. 
have lost one and won it back. It's it's a really small number. It's like two or three. The it's Pats buried. for sure. We know for a fact they did, right? But that's that's mm-hmm. a fact. We know they did that because they lost to Philly and then and then beat you guys in it. Yes. And then I believe Miami did it in the seventies. I'm not sure. But uh, but Louie, I I think we're going back to win it all, baby. That's revenge season. Yeah, I do. You, you think so? When, when confirmation so. Okay. bias okay. mixed with confidence, yeah. Yeah. mixed with optimism, with optimism. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I think that I think the only thing that can hold the Niners back is injury. In my opinion, it's really hard to stay that healthy consistently in the game of football. So I think that's going to be where the Niners. That's where my concern is. Like, is are they going to stay healthy? We know the wide receivers are for some reason can't. They're you walk into the building and you kill over. So uh, I don't know what's going on with wider receivers in San Francisco, but they you open the door they, and you're like, well, my hamstring, Jesus, yeah. someone fixed the stupid door. My groin, my groin. Yeah, tor- tear- tearing your ACL, uh, parking in the parking lot. A uh, couple things. Yeah, well, and, and, and go ahead. I'll, I'll say real quick. Take it, take it from, take it from us as the Rams, because uh, McVay's first two seasons, we had one of the healthiest uh, teams in the NFL, like, like per like, you know, like however many people get injured in, the, in a season, we had like one of the healthiest teams in the NFL for back to back years. That's so hard to keep going. And then of course, last year, our O line completely fell apart. Like Gurley was up and down with that. Cooks was out. Like everyone kind of fell off. And it's like, that's when, like, as soon as you start, as soon as teams start hitting one or two good years of like no injuries, I mean, it's just it's it's the NFL. It has to it's happen. The odds. It's gonna, it has to happen. It's the odds. Yeah, That's when you start making your stacked. bets. Start betting those injuries. Go to Vegas. Yes, yeah, Vegas. Let's Take bet on some Vegas injuries. Odds on the injuries. Well, you know, and that's actually you know to your point, the we did not have the starting defense all back together again until week seventeen. We were virtually decimated defensive yeah. wise for yes we did from, we did have some ser- uh, uh, a long from, drought from of about week in the middle eight, of the week season eight or so. nine on we we the, nobody this all the entire starting defense did not return to week 17 it was the first time and it had been it had been it had not been since week eight or nine that we had we had right. everybody again because we were we had a bunch of injuries going into week 10 and it was for the entire the entire season and you see because after week 10 there was a lot of like, what's going on with the Niners' defense? Has everyone figured them out? And it's like, no, they're just everyone's hurt. And then by when week 17 came back and you saw through the playoffs, it's like they were pretty much, you saw, we were back to the level uh, of before. So we right. have yet to have that healthy 49ers season. Just saying, Louie, you just got to gotta be careful there, buddy. Oh, and my just, God. You know, oh, just, my God. Just saying. I, wanna, <laughs> I will say to that point, too, you brought up like last year. I remember you tell me that because I was like one of those people like, Dude, you guys got roasted by Kyler Murray. You guys got roasted by Lamar Jackson. Granted, the, the, the Baltimore game was closer than that. It was close. But, like, Lamar had a great game against you on the ground. Kyler Murray decimated you guys both games on the ground. And so I was like, dude, I think you guys can't play against Russian quarterbacks. And then you reminded me of all the injuries. And then come, like, the end of the year, it was like, oh, I guess, okay, I guess when this defense is healthy, they don't get as roasted. So, okay, fair. <laughs> I'll give you credit. I'll give you credit. I'll give you credit. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and man, that's true. That's true. Either way, it's going to be a really competitive season. And in the NFC West, unfortunately, it really does often come down to one miss or made field goal. It's unbelievable. But the great part is, I think, is that regardless, I think we can all agree is that, man, there is nothing like watching NFC West football. 
I mean, I, 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 these other garbage divisions, I'm just like, man, how boring is that? People, people talk about, you know, like I've had other people go, well, you know, I mean, yeah, but the road is so much harder. It's like, yeah, but I don't know if you ever noticed. We pretty much, pretty much NFC West almost always every other year sends somebody to the Super Bowl. Like, okay, so you could talk about how competitive and maybe the road is quote unquote harder. Well, hey, for some reason, we always end up there. The, the Seahawks, the Rams, the Niners, all three teams have gone. You know, a couple times now. So I, I, I don't know. I think the, for, I think it gives us a, a level of advantage that it doesn't give other teams. Like you got the Pats with their, you know, they sleepwalk their way through the season and are able to get there because these teams are such garbage. But the level of grit and toughness it takes to stay competitive, the MC West, I think primes us in a way for the post that other other divisions are not ready for. It's like, man, every game is a playoff game in the NFC West. It, that's we, we play at this level all year. You know, it's like it's not a thing for us. So going into the post, it is not the, 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 the jump for us isn't nearly as tough, I think, as it is for other teams. And I love it. I love the fact that, you know, you're, you're looking at three teams here that are probably going to be separated by two to two two to three losses at the most, I'd say one to three losses at the most, are going to separate these three teams, and it is going to come down to a couple missed field goals, a made touchdown here, an interception there that's going to determine who's going to be sitting at one, two, and three. And I will say this. I think you have brought up a compelling argument. I do believe wholeheartedly that I think the Niners uh, will be in at, will be the first seed at the end of the season. But I would not be surprised – if you make that field goal this year and knock the Seahawks out, listen, honestly, uh, you know, I don't care for any of you garbage teams in the NFC West, but I will, t- I will, I, I will take anybody but the Seahawks in that second seat. Please just fucking, I do not want to have to deal with Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. I want nothing more than to just finally drop, finally for their I'll luck. Take, to I'll flip take the Rams out. in that second seed. I'll uh, take the Rams in that second wanna, seed too. I don't want That's Arizona right. and Seattle. That's right. I'll take the Rams in the second seed. Hey, Rams, Niners, uh, historically have had some pretty epic, pretty epic uh, playoff runs and, uh, and a really, oh, yeah. really crazy NFC championship that we've actually never done. You know, actually, we should do a gold dive, the the Rams Niners. It was but it was the NFC Championship. Was it eighty nine, eighty eight? I gotta double check. It was one but, of those years. But Louis, during that back to back, you should come. You should do the episode with us where we re- yeah, revisit I Niners. I believe well. it was. I believe it's NFC Championship. Don't quote me on that. I'm pretty sure we faced we we played in one NFC Championship, and we should definitely look at that and talk about it. That'd be a fun one. Absolutely. All right, I know. Absolutely, I think I will say before we go. I just want to say I think you said it perfectly. I think the quote of the this episode should be that uh, first of all, the NFC best. That's the title, and then my uh, my option for the quote of this thing is what you just said, which is uh, that's why we're built for the playoffs because every damn divisional game for us is a playoff game, bro. Always. That, that was perfect. Hit the nail on the head, yeah, bro. Always, always. I'll take this. Over the over uh, the AFC East or the AFC North, I, no way. I, I I'll stay right here where it's competitive and a, and a, just a a bloodbath every season because I, I I I don't think there's any better preparation than this division. Agreed. Agreed. Absolutely. Well, awesome. We'll check out that article whether you're a Rams fan. If you're a Rams fan, we're not even really sure why you're watching this, but but if you're a Niners <laughs> fan. 
Check out Louis B's article, support one of our guest hosts. He's been with us for many years now and will be here for many years to come. So check out his article. I've, I have, I sent, the link was in last week's episode. I'm going to put it in this week's episode. And uh, Downtown check Rams. Yeah, Downtown Rams. Downtown Rams. Why you shouldn't be worried about the Rams. Is that the whole thing? Why you shouldn't be worried about the Rams? Why you shouldn't be worried about the LA Rams in 2020. The LA Rams in 2020. It's a really fun read and i think it's just another testament to how competitive this nfc west is going to be i cannot wait last thing i will say in in respect to all three of these teams is that uh the big belief right now is without the preseason without any any without a a, a true a, a pre without a preseason we've had a, we've had a pretty much a, a, a the the training caps from everything i've heard has pretty much been what it's always been but we with the absence of the preseason the belief right now and the belief that going into the season is that most people most pundits agree that the teams that have a system that have a built-in system that had worked the same system for years those are the teams that are going to do the best and the 49ers the rams and the seahawks all have that so it's going to be a really interesting season because basically the first six weeks of this thing, I think four to six weeks, are going to basically be another our preseason. So, who the I think, hell I think knows? It's going to be a slugfest. It, I think it's going to be a, all six I, of these games. I honestly, honestly, I think, I think there's going to be a lot of like ten and six, nine and seven teams going into the playoffs. I think a lot across the board I, because it's just the randomness. Already September is pretty random. Now we don't even have a preseason, and we're going into this thing. I don't know, man. I think you're going to see some wonky wins and some wonky losses in those first uh, five to six weeks, and we're, we'll really settle into things from about week eight on. That's that's my Agreed. prediction. But all right. I agree on that as well. All right, gentlemen. We are wrapped up. Louis B., thank you so much for coming on the show. First video one. Thank you so much. Great to see you. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Glad to have you here. Glad to have your Thanks, face guys. here now that we've gone to video Dude, that does. Awesome. Hope, hope I love seeing you guys. That. Yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, this video should be up here uh, probably, I would say, hopefully today I'll have the video up. So um, I'll definitely link all you guys when it's up. And uh, so concludes another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Sisa Third, And with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Solis the First, baby. And our esteemed co-host, Louis B. Boom! We'll see you next time. Same Gold Cast time. Same Goldcast channel. This is, is the Goldcast.